Do you have trouble turning off your brain meat at night? I invite you to take a break from your thoughts and listen to ours for a while. This is Overthinking with Steph. Quit overthinking alone, overthinking with Steph is better. We're overthinking together. Well, that was stupid. Let's come up with a whole new intro. Oh, Steph. <laughs> yes. Hillary. Yes, Steph. Sure you're ready for round two? This is like... Yeah. Like, yeah, let's do it. polyamory. Okay, this is the serious one, though. So serious. It's a big deal. I've never had two episodes with someone I've only known a year, and we've only met three times? Three times. We've been face-to-face three times. Face-to-face three times, and that is absurd. It feels like way longer than that. But let's keep talking, because I feel like that first episode that we had together segues into what our current views are now, right? As far as you were in a marriage where you believed yeah. that monogamy yeah. up until what? A few years ago, a couple a year. years ago, a year ago, where yeah. you were like, monogamy is the way for me, right? And then it shifted. Mm-hmm. And then it shifted quickly. That's around the time when you and I met. Mm-hmm. And then over the last year, it's probably shifted even a little bit more. Yeah. So I think we should talk on where you were and what your story was and then where I was like and mm-hmm. kind of having the parallel of that and why we made our way back to each other and how it worked out. I think that's, yeah. First of all, I feel like we, in the first conversation, we talked about your marriage, but we don't have to get in the nitty gritty of it, but why did it ultimately end? And, you know, after it ended, where where were you in your sure. headspace? Funny enough, um, the the marriage ended because my um my ex met someone else and they're actually engaged and getting married i've met her mm-hmm. i've met the future missus she's yeah. very nice and smart and wonderful and it was the the breakup between me and my ex needed to happen i wouldn't have made it happen but it needed to happen and and we're both very happy in happy places how did you find out was mm-hmm. that like a or is that something you even No, no, it's about? it's fine. It's totally fine. Um so uh my ex would travel for work and so we would be apart for extended period of times, a couple of weeks, you know, throughout the year, here and there, no big deal. Was traveling for work, came back, um, and said to me, uh, had to go out for a photo shoot or something, and before she left said, Hey, I, w- I wanna hang out with you tonight. Oh, okay. I mean we live together, we're married, but seemed a little strange, but fine. Um, and she, okay, she goes out for this photo shoot and she comes home and I'm sitting on the couch. You know, there's moments in our lives where I feel like, where were you in, when you heard about 9-11? Where were you when Kennedy oh, yeah. was shot? Right? Like, the, like all these. Princess Diana dying. Where were, I fucking I remember Vegas. that. Yep. I was in Vermont. I mean, my parents were, we watched it on TV. It was, yes, you're right. These are these yeah. moments where of like. Where were you at 9-11? Do you remember? I was in school, in high school. Um, How old are you again? I'm a year younger than you. High oh, that's school. it. Yeah. Yeah, right. I was about to get. It was my yeah. first year of community college. I was that makes sense. Give a public speak speaking thing on. It might have been a why breast implants are dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna pause there for a moment. Yeah. So like, there are moments in our lives we remember exactly where you were, what happened, and so this is obviously one of them. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm watching Bravo, Real Housewives of something. <laughs> 
and she comes up the stairs and so she's standing over me right so there's dynamic of like i'm smaller than her sitting on this couch and she's standing and she looks at me and she goes we have to talk and i knew but what i thought i knew was okay you slept with someone else she just got back from traveling you slept with someone else I'm not going to end this over that. That's so this insane. this is like your head, you're overthinking. In my head. head. Okay. Okay, you slept with someone else. You, it, no big deal. It's going to be okay. I mean, really, I was naturally fine. I mean, it's interesting now thinking about my life now that I'm, I, I do believe in having an open relationship that I was so comfortable after 14 years of monogamy with this thought of, okay, you slept with someone else. And a lot of people, if they hear, oh, someone else, my partner slept with someone else, that's it, we're over, we're done. I was very open enough to that. So funny Mm. enough, she said to me, uh, I met someone else. Um, They live here in the city that we live in. Um, I want to see them, and I want to have an open marriage. And it was a shock. I mean, we never, ever, ever talked about anything open if anything the conversations we had about open anything in relation to other gay queer lesbian couples we'd seen was oh that's gonna fucking burn like who's open that's crazy if you're open then like you're not happy with what you have that was my understanding at the time um like oh you're playing with fire Mm -hmm. if you're open Mm -hmm. uh and i naturally tried my best to be open-minded to it Mm -hmm. my natural state is to fix okay i'm gonna fix this i'm not enough how can i be more what do you need you immediately went to you're not enough correct it Mm. was about i was i was failing Mm. it was a very very difficult evening Mm. very difficult um and no i did not feel good i felt not wanted i felt less than i felt inadequate yeah no it's it was tough it was a big big it it took a toll on me Mm -hmm. um ultimately you know my sister happens to live in the same city i went and stayed with her uh and you know my my ex and i we separated and we went through a divorce um it was was like hard years ago this was oh gosh two years ago i've been god divorced Never thought I would say that. Okay, fine. Great. Uh, she met someone else. Uh, I am floundering. I'm trying my best. I have not been single since I was 17 years old. I'm 33 something, 34. Something. It just hit me that you were like, this is my first dating, like experience dating again since you were 17. Yeah. yeah. That's scary. And there was no apps. It's all different. And also I was different. a different person. Like... I have a sub story to all of it too. Like, and we don't have to get into it it on this. Get into it. I also was very, very overweight. Um, And that experience for me, like I didn't, that is a whole other story. This isn't like, um, oh, I fluctuate with my weight. Oh, I don't like myself. You know, I, I was obese. I had a really hard time adjusting in college and food was a comfort for me. I come from a family of obese people. I mean, it's, um, it's a form of addiction. I mean, it, it, for me, I, it is. It's, it's something that I, I am conscious of every single but day. But no one would look at you right now and ever know. No. And I went, I mean, and I went through your, it. your story to tell. Like, if you want to tell people that that is something you went through, right? Like, I think it's no important. Ever, it is. And, and, and it's important because I, 
it really does feel like I've lived multiple lives. I mean, I'm 5'2". I'm a tiny human being. But I was uh, almost 250 pounds at mm. one point, like really. And so I met my ex in college. I was mm -hmm. in those first few years were the heaviest mm -hmm. for sure. And, uh, and she's not, I mean, she's not heavy. There are some people that are heavy and like own it. Fuck yeah. But, Great. but then Beautiful. there are some people that like struggle um, with it. Did you? I, uh, I owned it in my outward, you know, I think the difference, this is a, this and is if really, I ever say any, you obviously no, no, you're like, great. Steph, shut up. No, no, you're great. I mean, this is a conversation which we can have it like an additional episode about, but there's, um, we all have our baggage. Mm -hmm. Um, we all have our things being overweight, uh, in what society deems overweight, which mm. is a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, but being societally overweight, you walk into a room and your baggage, mm. if we can call it that, is instantly seen. There's no hiding it. Mm -hmm. it you are your baggage. And it limits, ex it limits opportunities. It, it limits uh, expectations. Um, it projects, um, just so many negative, negative attributes on an individual that as someone who has been in those shoes, who has lived that, like really, mm. really lived that, like the work to be done to, um, combat that, mm -hmm. to be a engaging, um, insightful, intellectual, fun, wonderful person that people want to interact with. Uh, you have to go so much further because your baggage is there on mm -hmm. you and people are judging you by seeing you. Um, Do you think that's why a lot of people like are outwardly funny or like yes. comedians? Yes. I'm really nice. I'm really right. caring. I'm really nurturing or like, like I'm a good caretaker. Mm -hmm. I'm a good host. I'm really funny. Mm -hmm. You know, people who carry their baggage with them in an outward way, we latch onto other true attributes of ourselves, mm. positive ones, in an excessive way to combat the weight. Um, so anyway, so so for me, I'm now what thirty something, single. Wife is not like interested in me anymore. So I ha I'm now going through a divorce. I have to date, and I've never really dated before. Cause like my life, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's all new. Mm -hmm. Dating was terrifying. Oh my God. I have yeah. to go on. And, and apps are all about looks. Two years ago. Yeah. Never dated before really. Yeah. Never felt confident myself. So anyway, so I'm trying. So I start dating and, um, who's that, the first person you dated after, uh, the or you don't have to say no, a name, no, but no, like that, the, that's, so the, this is great. The first, <laughs> the first date the first person i interacted with on tinder mm. melissa um oh god i was such a sap this is okay can i just interject here for a second <sighs> i filmed or i've recorded probably like five or six podcasts not including the breakdown yeah and i'm always like this is really cool but i knew most of what they were gonna say yeah like i'm asking leading questions like trying to get it out of them what i already know is there yeah this is like 
I'm sitting here like <laughs> eating popcorn, like lit watching a movie. I don't know this stuff. This yeah. is so good. Thank you for sharing this. You're so welcome. But I feel like I'm asking good questions. You're too. doing a great job. Thanks, Hill. <laughs> <laughs> so the first person I match with and we start talking, now I've learned. A couple messages exchanged. I can tell if there's a banter or not. Is there a vibe? I asked, do I need do to I put pants on? Right. Like, like I've learned a lot. I know what I like, what I don't like, but I am fresh. I am so mm. fresh. I don't know what I like. I don't know what my type is. I don't know how to flirt. I don't know how to flirt. Like that's a skill. That's a muscle. You have mm-hmm. to flex like mm-hmm. that is. And it changes yearly. Yes. With what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I didn't even Oops. know. I was so, oh God, those first few messages must've been so sad. <laughs> um, I want you to read some, no. Oh carry. my God. Can you imagine? I would. Meli- okay, so mm-hmm. Melissa, Melissa, who I became obsessed Still friends? <laughs> Melissa, we went on one, two, three dates. She didn't, and I, she knew my story, knew my history, knew I was super uncomfortable. I hadn't kissed another human being in oh, 14 man. years. I'm an adult. I'm a 30-year-old adult. You are adult, a grown-ass woman. And I hadn't kissed another person. She knew this, didn't make a move on the first date, but there was an instant attraction. We talked for like six hours at a wine bar. Six Ooh. hours. And I'm thinking, this is great. But I didn't know what to do. Yep, yep. If it were me now, I would have kissed her like halfway oh, yeah. through that date. But fine. For sure. But I didn't know at the time. Second date, we go out. Still no kiss. And I think she was, I mean, speaking of pillow princess, this girl, <laughs> I mean, she wanted me to make a move knowing I did not have the uh, yeah, the chutzpah not, at the time. What, what, chutzpah. Why don't you explain that? Uh, chutzpah. That's different than a kepi. <laughs> <laughs> chutzpah is... Um, and I don't even like to say balls because, you know. Cuyons in yeah, Spain. There we'll you go. Say, uh, cuyon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have the, the oomph, the guts, the. Pelotas. Better than balls, it's chutzpah, which chutzpah. is Yiddish. Okay. So I didn't have the chutzpah to like make the move with her. We go on the third date. Great date. Have a great time. We're playing darts. I'm feeling better about it. Darts are what it brings people together. Those darts. darts. Games are great. Competition is great. It is. Note to self: If you need a date, do some do it somewhere where there can be competition. Pool, ping pong. Yeah. <laughs> so we go. We leave the bar, and uh, I was like, "All right, I'm this way." She goes, "Well, I parked over here. I'll walk you to your car." Okay. Expectation. Walk to her car. We're standing outside of her car. And I must have shuffled my feet until the freaking soles on my boots came off. Uh She wouldn't make a move. I was so nervous. Ended up kissing her finally 20 minutes after standing outside her car. So pathetic. Had all the feels because I hadn't kissed someone in 14 years. (laughs) Fast forward to now, that was a horrific kiss. She ghosted me after that. So my first Tinder date, after 14 years, after three dates, a first kiss, she never spoke after to me again. After knowing what, do it we was, know, do I know this, Melissa? You don't know? I mean, you Are might. You, sure? you might know this, Melissa. We should look her up after this. Ghosting, it could be a whole episode and another Ghosting. So anyway, that was first date. And then I had a multitude of dates after that. Multitude. In <laughs> my my third person I went out with was who's now my latest ex, which is a very sensitive. That was the third. Yeah. 
Damn. The third person I so went I out was, with. I hear. I have a list on my phone. Why are you bring that out? <laughs> Should we see what number yep. you're at? You're like, no, I, I, I No, I mean it. I'll wait. Is the, is I'm the, eating dark chocolate with sea salt. Is Just, the audience going to wait for this? I'll cut all the in-between out. Great. So you have a list of like who you've dated, how many people. Don't name names. These are people you've like. So you're on this list if I've made out with you. And then if there's a star next to your name, we've had sex. Um, so there's a list. So the person I just got out of a relationship with was the third person I ever went on a date with. Mm -hmm. And so this third person, um, we're going on a date and on the date was very forward, wait, very honest. We're going to get into that. Oh, wait, wait, am you, I? You? Yeah, you're, <laughs> I'm going to count this out. Mm -hmm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Perfect. You're number 16. It's a great number. But six, that's, wow. 16 from June to, when did we meet? November. We, we actually physically met in December of 2018. Oh, shit. So June, July, August, September, October, November, December, six months. <laughs> anyway <laughs> i was gonna ask keep going uh yep. so last last person so i go out with this person and uh my recent ex and they tell me right off the bat i'm polly and i think to myself oh well i'm not like my personal saying i'm monogamous and polly is ridiculous and you're playing with fire this will be a fun hookup have a connection with this individual. We have a really good time. We continue to date. I date, I go on dates with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, this person continues to remain in my life. We continue to see each other. Feelings start to evolve and feelings start to really evolve. And, uh, then we start to have some more serious conversations and those conversations are around like, okay, I really like you, but I don't know how to do this. Like I, right. I don't know how to be poly. I don't know how to be open can you explain a little bit for listeners mm -hmm. who maybe have no idea what poly even is sure um i think by definition polyamorous is multiple loves um there are different ways to kind of define that in the community different and it's so crazy because i grew up thinking everything was extreme black or white mm -hmm. this and that and mm -hmm. it's you know even thinking about terms like sapiosexual mm -hmm. and like uh, like being attracted to someone specifically on um their intelligence mm -hmm. like polyamory a mm -hmm. lot of people don't even know what poly means and they're like steph's talking about stuff that we don't know about we're gonna like turn it off sure. but i want to just speak for a minute to these people who are very extreme sure. like i was and explain to them what that means so they can be involved in this conversation yeah i think that's fair i mean to, to those, to anyone listening, have you ever been in a relationship with someone and found someone else attractive? I'm assuming that's a yes. Have you ever been in a relationship with someone and f flirted, wanted to flirt with someone else or be intrigued by yep. someone else? I'm, the answer is probably yes. Mm -hmm. The difference, I th my understanding the difference between monogamy and, and any form of openness monogamy means i am attracted to someone else or i'm interested in someone else but i'm not going to pursue it it's off limits yep. and that's completely fair and fine i've done it it's wonderful it, it, yes right. there's it, there's nothing 
wrong with that if that's where what you're going like that's your arrangement it's wonderful if that's what you and your partner or your wife your husband whoever you're with if that's what you have beautiful the alternative to that is in my definition of poly is i'm in a relationship with someone and i'm attracted to someone else and it's okay and i'm gonna talk to my partner about it yep that's the difference if i if it's a poo-poo, a no-no, and I can't even talk about it, well, everyone loves a good secret. Everyone loves to be bad, right? Yep. Everyone loves to break boundaries and have secrets. Well, let's not have secrets about it. You know, it's... Um, I kind of dove from monogamy into an extreme form of polyamory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in- yeah, you committed. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I went in. I went hard. I mean, this person and I, we fell in love. We moved in together. We remained open. We dated other people. We had feelings for other people. We had sex with other people while trying to also build a relationship together. It sounds messy. It is messy. But um, it's also, the I would say, the level of communication and honesty and authenticity and Mm -hmm. openness that I had in this form of a relationship with someone was far greater than my monogamous relationship because in monogamy there's certain expectations. I don't know why, like in my mind, I went to like breaking something that you're used to and just breaking it and then putting the pieces back together to form this like even, I don't know, like, I think of the my way of thinking from before and how much I had to grow in order to be open-minded. But think of how many things you can learn. No, you're, you're right. And there's a lot of things that I had to break to be able to proceed in this form of a relationship. I think the hardest, I mean, we're really going all over the place, but I... Yeah. I not I the, think it's, I don't, I think we're sticking to it. We're sticking to You're it. doing good. I think one of the most significant things that I learned, I learned a lot, uh, but one of the most significant things that I learned, which was the very, very hard to work through, is that sex and love and sex and feelings mm. and sex and value and sex and worth are not tied together. Mm. That I am able to have sex or a physical relationship or an emotional relationship with someone else and that has nothing to do and does not take away from my emotional physical relationship with the other person Mm -hmm. and we're so um think about every movie every movie Hmm. every story everything we're told growing up all the examples that we have to guide our lives, it's like there's a relationship, they're together, someone cheats, someone meets someone else, the relationship ends. Every movie. I know you're probably gonna go into something deep. Can I like interject for a second? Please. You haven't seen Imagine Me and You, which is a tragedy, <laughs> but the entire premise of the movie is a florist, their, their vendor for the straight wedding their vendor is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. The bride and the florist fall in love. Um, and the whole I need idea to of... It's also. from like 15 years ago. It's so good. I wow. owned it on DVD. We're watching it tonight. Okay, great. But you, you'll love it. But also 
this love story. Oh, it's so sweet. Like, oh, you want, you're rooting for the, the vendor and this bride. And that's not real life. When no. that, if that happens no. in a wedding scene. Forget it. When you're watching it in the movies and it's not real life, you're rooting for the girls to be together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the guy just like, who cares about their whole relationship? Who cares about the fact that they're making a commitment? We want the girls to be. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's not the case because I've had that happen mm-hmm. in real life. There are a lot of us who view and root for these these um, fake movie scenarios that in real life it's like if that actually happened everyone's pissed at you why why though it's like you're a home wrecker yep you are the other person you are destroying the institution of marriage right because marriage is a one-in-one and you don't mess with that no for i made a commitment to you i'm i'm this but is really it. it comes back to what you were just talking about you find people attractive while of you're course. in a relationship you it's just crazy. choose not to talk about it because think about all the scenes right. where you see like a guy and a girl sitting at a restaurant and the guy is like observing the waitress or whatever mm-hmm. who walks by and the girlfriend is like hey hey look at me you're like i'm upset you looked at someone else that's absurd think that we can't find other people attractive the thing to learn though in that is that because that man finds another woman or is intrigued by another woman's appearance does not take away Mm -hmm. from his girlfriend's attraction not at all and that is the hardest lesson to learn and to get over in my experience coming from monogamy to any form of an open relationship that that was the thing that was the biggest hurdle for me to get over that i i am worthy i am beautiful i am loved and just because my partner wants to have a sexual or emotional experience with someone else as long as it's honest and right. open and communicated and there's boundaries and rules and it doesn't take away from like who you are in your I'm value not lesser than exactly because 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 the framework, the, the understanding needs to be that we are humans, that we will find multiple people attractive. Mm-hmm. And that's real life. To be honest, most people suck. Yeah. Let that shit play <laughs> out because we all have infatuations, that new relationship energy. Oh my God. We, 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 you're uh, intrigued by new people. You they're wanna... all these things. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. And then my they're intrigued by up. you and like, it's, that always happens. That we will all feel always it. be there. Of course. Anything new is exciting. Yep. But let it play out. Talk to your person about the feelings of, exactly. oh, I met this person. They're very intriguing. Here's yep. why they were intriguing. Here's why they probably found me intriguing. Let's yeah. talk about it. Maybe you can meet them. They're awesome. Like, why not? Yep. That's what makes a relationship stronger, I think. Yes. And like, okay, Instead so let's, hiding it. let's take a step back. Let's not scare the, the listeners mm-hmm, for a moment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be sex. No. But to be able to turn to your partner, yeah. your whatever they are, the yeah. person you're with, and say, in a space that is safe, I find this other person attractive. Mm-hmm. That alone is powerful because that allows for you and your partner to get closer about and like a level of honesty. Like, let's just try that in monogamy. Just, you don't have to go be with someone else. You don't sit with someone else. You don't have to have an emotional connection. You don't have to date someone else. Right. Just allow for a space for honesty in terms of like, because it's there. It's already there. Yeah. It's there. Chances are you're just not talking about it. Yep. 
And if we could just talk about it, just be honest. Try yep. it. I mean, try okay, it. Okay, so, so when you first started um, into this polyamorous <laughs> relationship, yeah. that had to be a struggle, had to be a transition. Yeah. yeah. What were some of the perks? What were some of the initial struggles, I guess? Sure. Uh, perks, I'm fresh out of 14 years of a relationship. I am not ready to be like, oh, this is my new lifetime partner and I won't ever have eyes for someone else. I'm I'm kind of single. I'm finding Mm -hmm. myself. So so it's a little bit of like, um, I'm able to have the safety, security, and love. To be with them meant I had to be poly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for me, yeah, I mean, there was an openness, yes. Um, I, and honestly, I think if they were monogamous, I, I don't know if we would have, it would have scared me too much too oh, soon. That leads into so many things for me. I would have been scared yeah. to be like locked down, like this is it, I just got out of this thing. So the perk for me at the time in my life was, wow, I can continue to love this person, build a partnership with this mm-hmm. person, which feels so good. But Who they're not tying that? you down. But I can also like go on silly little dates and yep. flirt with other people yep. and it's okay. Um, so that was a perk. And then the act of doing that, I became more confident in myself. Um, I met some really interesting people. Uh, it was very self-fulfilling. But I did it with this person. Like mm-hmm. not physically with, but like emotionally with like talking about it with them. So they were part of this journey with me, which made us even closer um did it organically happen to where you just started calling yourselves your that that's my primary partner or like how do you have that dtr when you're in a poly relationship right yeah 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 sure we did the um so funny enough so i i went on a vacation with some girlfriends of mine and uh during it i'm talking to this person still uh and our relationship's getting more and more intense uh, and they were like, Hey, I, I want to be, I want to be your, like, how do you, yeah. How do you define it? They're like, like I want to be your say? boyfriend. So, uh, mm-hmm. their identity, right. Which is a, a whole other, can be another episode, but their mm-hmm. identity is non-binary. Yep. So, uh, in terms of like queer community, boyfriend, BOI, um, that was kind of the terminology that we were using. Uh, and you and I were talking about this earlier at brunch language, mm-hmm. um, words can be very limiting yeah there's only so many of them but feelings oh and we are evolving as humans that there there are not enough words and terms to clearly define Mm -hmm. us as we evolve as human beings and so it it can cause so much tension where it doesn't actually need to be there because the feelings are there and you're feeling the same thing for that person but if you don't have that communication we were talking at brunch about how you could lose something that's so good because of the terminology and the words because and like it's limiting have, yeah. or because we have Completely. predetermined definitions of what these words mean that it's yeah yeah it's 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 detrimental at mm-hmm. times um it's re- yeah dating relation i mean that's a whole which we'll get into but even the so like in the uh partner girlfriend boyfriend boi like these are we are evolving as human human beings from I'm a boy, I'm a girl, I like men, I like whatever these binary Very, terms are, yeah. right? To non-binary, mm-hmm. to uh, panning the spectrum of things. Mm-hmm. Like I was 
even my own identity, I've come to terms like I'm pansexual. So bisexual mm -hmm. means um, the two binary options of men and women. Bisexual to me is my definition, story I tell myself, yep. uh, is I am attracted to men and women. Yep. Binary. Yep. Pansexual is I'm a, I, I am across the spectrum, right? So between those two ends, those two bookends and everything in between. That's my self-definition. I always just say I'm the most lesbian. I, I love women. Yeah. But I think of like how I was raised. If I was not going to be with men, I only have to be with women. And like yes. even at th almost 37 now, I'm like, I've never been with a man. Is that because I went to the extreme sure. opposite where I was terrified sure. to be put in this box in one way or another, you know? And th so then I think of like, you know, being bisexual and like talking with Kaylee on the episode before this and, mm -hmm. and her still being a Christian and identifying as a bisexual and what the struggles are there and then pansexuality. And, you know, there are so many layers to this that I don't think people understand mm -hmm. even within our own community, but even just the, the people that I grew up with in church that I know that they're following the conversations that we're having and they're hoping, I hope, I don't want to like put words in their mouth, but they're like hoping for some definitions of mm. like how to relate this into their life, how to understand it. And it, it, we're all so different mm -hmm. that we grew up thinking it's this or that. Exactly. And it's not like the way I identify myself mm -hmm. is pansexual, homoromantic. My, um, romantic side my relationship side the dynamic i want from a partnership is of the same gender so i am homo romantic um and that's something that i yeah hmm. kind of identified over time but it's it goes back to the idea like you said like the people listening in it's easy to understand things and we can feel safe when we can define things, right? right? It's this or it's that. I understand now. Um, and, and I'm all for that. The mm -hmm. hard part is as we evolve as human beings, goes back to the yeah. idea, we don't have the right terminology yeah. um, to uh, support that evolution. Uh, and so it makes it hard. So we start to introduce words like pansexual, yep. like boyfriend boi uh and it's kind of confusing he's like well you know what are you doing you're making this up and it's like well no we're, we're just trying to create framework and um definitions for things mm -hmm. so we can have conversations about it in a way that's similar to everything else we're so quick to put people into categories even myself mm -hmm. like i can hear like i've had people just like tell me random stories about this person to, and i'm like was it a guy or a girl mm -hmm. I right do like thing. and i don't want to right but i can't help was it, it a guy? and what is that going to do for me if i know it's a guy or a girl because well, it creates to, a framework it creates framework but yes. also as a visual creative I'm trying to paint a picture in my head of what the scenario is. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy for me as a creative to put someone into a box and be like, I'm putting them on stage. They're talking. Was it a guy or a girl? And then I make them in my head. And then when and you I'm hear like, a guy or girl, you have certain assumptions right. as to who they are, how they present yes. and what they look like. But why does it matter? It right. doesn't. We're and all that's humans. My, we're all human beings. But to I feel... try to check myself. Yeah. And that's all we can do. It's hard. Right? Yeah. As like people in the LGBT community, we're constantly checking ourselves within our own community oh my God. to learn terminology constantly. to, to um, keep advancing like our, you know, keeping the conversation going. But then I think about my friends who are allies. I think about my mm -hmm. friends who 
maybe aren't even allies, but maybe they're on the border of wanting to be one and Mm -hmm. they're listening to this, Mm -hmm. right? Like they're looking to us to have these conversations to explain something to them where they then latch on and they're like, I get it. Yeah. Right. And that's what, that's my existence. That's why I exist is to sit on a plane with a person who might be um, homophobic mm-hmm. and they meet me and they're like, yep. you're not like the people that I made up in my head. Right. Um, I met a couple, not, they're not a couple. There were these two girls celebrating their 50th birthday and one had a daughter who was, who was a lesbian and also raised in church. And I just think about those moments that pass us by quickly, even on airplanes where we could be quiet and scared that they're going to judge us. But maybe it's an opportunity to sit there and say, oh, I get that. Like my parents don't talk to me. We don't have a relationship anymore because of that. Mm-hmm. I was raised Pentecostal. I get how hard it would be for you to hear from your daughter that she's a lesbian. How did you feel in that moment? Mm. Why did you react that way? Mm-hmm. How do you think she felt when you reacted that way? And give them a different perspective. And then that's why we exist is yep. to just bring people together. That's why we are having this conversation. So I think that, you know, you were one of my, um, first and just, just a year ago, like where you opened my mind And that's so crazy to say that because (laughs) I feel like I'm open-minded. Sure. But with you, you brought this perspective and opened my my eyes to polyamory. Even for me, I was like, ooh, being polyamory. Like it sounds um, seductive and like like the slut shaming around it, right? Like you, oh, you just go around and sleep with anyone and everyone. Yeah, like, like, oh, you don't want a real connection relationship. You want your cake and eat it too. A way out. You're just looking for your next relationship. You're playing with, yeah, of course. Also, uh, life is short. Exactly. I mean, maybe people believe in multiple lives, but look, I'm here. This is it. This is what's happening now. This is all we have. This is all we have. and, And I want to have all the feelings and there's nothing wrong with that right as long as we are honest and open and forward i mean you can cheat like let's that's a whole other thing you can cheat in a polyamorous relationship right you can mess up you can do something wrong there you have to this is more my opinion Mm -hmm. more work than monogamy way more work oh i can't i way more work because when you are monogamous you're dealing with two People. And there's an expectation. It's only you. It's only me. And yep. yes, I mean, that alone and is a lot of work. And when someone cheats or if someone cheats, it's over. Done. Done. Yeah. You and, don't and have to. Fu- I mean, the work <laughs> to do on yourselves has people. The work to do just with another person a lot. Then be yeah. polyamorous yeah. and be like, okay, we're going to do all that. Plus, we're going to be open-minded to the fact that we're going to be attracted to other people. Maybe have sex with other people. Yeah. Maybe make out. Maybe have an emotional connection and never have a physical connection. Like, there are multitudes of forms of connections that we can have with people and it's so fulfilling but so confusing and confusing i think there are plenty of healthy monogamous absolutely married whatever wonderful beautiful but i think it's because they have figured out how to communicate with each other yes and yes that can also exist in a poly relationship be healthy Yes. And that's what I want people to understand and to be open-minded about is that yes. it doesn't have to look like one thing. And this is how it, like, it can be many things, mm-hmm. but what is the key? Connection and communication, right? That's right. Connection, communication, honesty, honesty, honesty. Boom. 
I have to pee again. It is, we just went for another hour. Think about like how much we still have to talk about as far as like we didn't go into defining what even dating looks like, why I'm terrified of dating, why that triggers me. We should talk about that. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. I think we should. Go for it. What else did we leave out? Um, We made notes. Um, Those notes are over there. We we definitely (laughs) had like a um, dating. Oh, I had one. What? Okay, okay. Ask. I think with people who are monogamous Mm -hmm. and who have committed to one person only Mm -hmm. is you know you're safe. Yes. When you are sleeping with other people, they're sleeping with other people, I think there's this, um, a lot of people don't talk about getting tested and I, Uh, we have six minutes. Let's do it. Um, I'm, I will, I ask people, yep. When was the last time you were tested? Are you clean? This and that. And then, but like when you're polyamorous, Mm -hmm. how often do you get tested and how often do you talk about it? That's a fair question. That's a very fair question. To make Uh, sure just everyone's safe. Getting tested regularly once a month talking about that absolutely needs to happen anyone anyone who's sexually active needs to be tested regularly it's scary but it's better to know than not know and most things can be taken care of with a shot or not and let's be honest like there's such a stigma around certain sexually transmitted diseases and and most people have them and we don't talk about them and they're not life or death. Like there's, it, there's such a stigma like, oh shit, you have HPV, whatever it is. Okay. I'm going to throw this in here because people do not talk about the fact that I remember, um, I remember kissing a girl Mm -hmm. and she'd never heard of someone having cold sores or fever blisters, which is a sign of herpes. Sure. It is. It's It's mouth herpes. Yeah, it's not genital, but but you can give someone if it's herpes if it's, on the genitals, and it can be mouth herpes on the genitals. If it's flared up, yes. And you, but you have to have that conversation. You yes. have to be aware that I have an outbreak on my mouth, which I've had that since I was a baby. So mm-hmm. is my sister. So is my mom. It is what was given to me at birth. I cannot change that. What I can do is be honest in the fact that. I have that. I would never do that. Like and anything. self-aware of when you have a break and right. Yeah. And it's, you can't hide it anyway, no, but like, you t- but, but at what point do you feel like you have to tell someone that before you actually have an <sighs> outbreak to make sure that they even want to make out with you? Most people would never say, but they're not going to get it. That, they like, would that's never the get it. They would Unless never know. Unless there's a breakup, they would break, break, out. break out. They would never, ever, ever know. Or they get wouldn't it. even know. Which is the craziest part. Cause you're but then, to your point, but what then, do you say? Right. I, I only get them in the sun. Mm-hmm. If I don't wear SPF, I get them in the sun. Mm-hmm. And like, if I'm extremely stressed out, Mm-hmm. So I went and I visited her. We had already had it planned and I had a cold sore. Mm-hmm. And so then I, you obviously have to tell that person, well, we've already kissed. Yeah. Because that, that right. doesn't come up. No. You know, I wouldn't unless expect it's someone right to tell, there. I would not right. expect someone to tell me that. But if you have an outbreak, there's a different obvious, story. Then you tell them you sure. have an outbreak. You can see it's there. Yeah. And, um, this person freaked out, had never even heard heard it i'm like okay do you need me to get you a pamphlet or like how do you need me to Mm like am i like i remember her saying oh god am i gonna get it if you sleep on my pillow stop and these are people that i'm like 
they're intellectual. Oh, very, very smart. Like, and had no idea. And wow. I it was like shaming yes. someone who had had that. And I was like, I have no way around that. I was right. born with that. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm honest about it. Like I would never even kiss someone. And you know, you have fork, it. Yeah. Whatever. Like, yeah. So to be shamed for that and think that like, like we all just need to constantly remind ourselves that we need to educate ourselves, mm-hmm. but we also need to be adults and get tested. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know I'm clean as a whistle, mm-hmm. but I am paranoid about what if someone is sleeping more regularly with other people and then that sure. person is sleeping with other people and I'm not, but I'm like, how do you ask them that? Because it's not a part of a Bumble profile. It should be. I've seen it. What? It blew my mind. It, it, she put in her profile, I forget the terminology she, she used because I was very confused by it at first, but I looked it up, but basically said in her profile, wonderful thing, uh, this is who I am, da da da, that's what I'm looking for. And she said, and just so you know, like basically I have general herpes yeah. and it's not a big deal. And like, that was it. There's such a stigma around it. Just because you have this thing doesn't mean that you are off limits. Like, no. I would be curious if I saw someone put that out in their profile. Would you, I would ask questions. I would be like, so what are what are the things that we can do to protect? Like, what are, you know, you have that conversation. Yep. Thank God for these people who put yep. that out there. Yep. And start that conversation because then I can say, okay, what do we do about that? Are you What okay? is it like? What is it like? Right. Like what? Yeah. What is your experience like? I also think a lot of people who would listen to what we're just talking about right now would be completely freaked out 100%. and say this they're and that dirty. and yeah. they're dirty and that's what they get. Yeah. Right. That's so like, messed up. Right. No, like who? Th- like, yep. There are times when people could get genital herpes and it's think of a loving relationship someone doesn't know that they are carrying something yep. and they give it to a partner and a it's carrier, a loving and wonderful intimate safe honest relationship i know a friend like that who got that from something very similar they it didn't happens. have any idea and now they have to be very vocal about it with the person they're going to be with in the future yep i think that we can so easily be closed-minded oh, they brought that upon themselves or, oh, that's because they're this and that. Yep. No, it's not always the case. Let's yep. listen. Let's hear stories and let's figure out how to like actually exist in the world that we're in because we're not all exactly the same. No, we're not. Boom. Thanks. Tired of me yet? No, never tired of you. It's 420. It's 440. Oh, we got to go to the party. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, thanks for overthinking with Steph. Can't wait to hear from you on the social. So make your way over to at Steph's podcast on Twitter and tell me your thoughts. Catch the breakdown on Patreon where we get into the nitty gritty and overthink the conversations in this episode. Until next time, keep creating scenarios that will never actually happen and live your one damn life. Don't you hate it when you wake up first thing in the morning? Mind is stirring. It's a What the you have it what is a dental dam <laughs> right like, wait have you what? ever used a dental dam no i don't even know what i wouldn't <laughs> know what the first thing about it's it it's basically saran wrap a shower cap in a it's hotel if you need horrible. it horrible what 
Wait, you, you put like saran wrap. You over, like can't find over... where anything is. I mean, it's like there's a barrier. So it's just like a piece of plastic that I like, have to pee so bad, and I don't want to miss. Can we just just keep talk about the dental dam on your feet? I'm not. T- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about the dental dam, but. No, but I've heard stories about it.